Welcome to the TCU Chi Alpha podcast, where we share sermons, interviews, and other resources that encourage and challenge students as they follow Jesus on campus. Good evening, TCU Chi Alpha family. I am very, very excited to spend next 20 minutes or so with you and, and talking about God's mission, His, His hearts for all nations and, and our part in it as a people of God. So my prayer is that we, we, we'll be inspired and encouraged to live our life in Jesus more missionally um, because that's, that's really the heart of God for His people and, and that's really my heart with this time with you is that not just uh, increasing our knowledge about the mission of God, but all of us will, will, will be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit and open our hearts so that we can be real people of God who, who live our life on the mission of God. So if you have your Bible, let's open and read Psalms 96, starting verse 2. Sing to the Lord and bless his name. And proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all people. As I shared an interview with Andrea earlier, I, I grew up in Japan and totally unchurched. I, I never seen uh, any church building nor met any Christians growing up. And I, I was just wondering uh, if this is the Christianity, uh, meaning that um, I had a skewed view of the God of Christianity. That is, the Christianity is just a religion for American people, or, or it's a religion only embraced by Western culture. And that is why I didn't have any access to the gospel that the Christianity preached about. And when I told my parents and, and my friends in Japan for the first time that I, 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 I decided to follow Jesus, this is, this is what they said. Oh, Leota, you just want to fit into American culture. You just want to live like an American now. Is Christianity a religion only for American people? Is it only embraced by Western culture? Or is the God of the Bible is actually the God accepted um, only by a certain group of people, like other religions? I, I, I believe absolutely not, that is not true, uh, because the Word of God never communicates that way, right? You may be able to point out a few verses in the Bible, like Matthew 28 or Acts 1, and, and you can say that the God of the Bible has a heart for all nations, and it's most likely it's true. These are great verses to use and to talk about the mission of God. But to me, the entire book, the Bible itself, is actually the book to show that this is the God of all nations. Not just a few verses, but the entire book testifies over and over again that the God of the Bible is the God of all nations. The God of, God of the Bible is actually the only God that, that, that desires worship from every nation and every tribe and every people and every language. This is the only God. And, and because of that, the God of the Bible was and, and always will be the God of all nations. I believe that this understanding, this truth is, 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 is a key. If you have this understanding that, that the God of the Bible is actually the God of all nations, it actually changes the way you live, right? Because what you believe will, will be reflected in how you live. 
So if you have this mindset, if you have this belief that your God that you believe in, that, that saved you, is actually the God of all nations, then the, the way you pray should reflect that, the attributes of God. The, the way you give to, uh, to churches or to missions should reflect that. The way you view God will, will affect how you live. So one of the most powerful expression of the heart of God is found in this very word, first word that God spoke to lost humanity. And that is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 9. After Adam and Eve disobeyed God, this is the very first word that God spoke to them. Chapter 3, verse 9 says, Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? Where are you? was the very first word of God that is spoken to lost humanity. And I think this is, this, is, this is the God of Christianity, right? This is the God that very different from any other God in any other religion because if God said, where are you? It means that he initiated the search for the lost humanity. N- none of the other gods in other religion says that. They, they are the gods that await and, and far away, and, and you, they, they're waiting for you to reach him. But the only God of Christianity actually said, where are you? Meaning he took initiative. He left the heaven and came down to where we are, to this fallen world. And I think this is a very beautiful uh, expression of God's heart for his people, that God is actually in search for what has been missing. So for some of you listening this, where are you? Meaning that you'll you, you never be with God. You're separated from this love of God. You, you, you know if you're not with God that this is, this is the word that God is speaking to you tonight. Where are you? He's searching. He's looking for you. And you know that you're not with God. And I pray that you will, you will find God, that this, this, this God that searches and going after you but to others, where are you also means that you may not be a participating in God's mission. Because the God's word reveals that he's not only looking for the lost, but he's also looking for the people uh, of God, but not participating in this mission of God. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 29, verse 30 says, the people of the land have used oppression, committed robbery, and mistreated the poor and needy, and they wrongfully oppressed the strangers. So I, God speaking, so I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I shouldn't destroy, but I found no one. Luke chapter 10, verse 2, Jesus said this way, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. And same Jesus spoke in Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and 19. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So God's method was always 
through his people. That is his method and that is his plan A. And the truth is there's no plan B. God's method is always in his people. This is amazing to me because although God can do anything at any moment as he desires, he, he, out of his divine wisdom, he chooses to do things with his own people. He actually invites, he actually gives us the dignity of cooperation in his mission. Although he can do anything, but he invites us to this mission of God, that we get to walk with this God who saved us. It is, salvation is actually uh, the starting point um, for us to be able to do things with this God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. And you probably have memorized this verse because um, this is where uh, the, the name of our ministry, Kayafa, comes from. And, and, and this is Kayafa verse. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, but has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So this is our the name of our ministry come from, and, and that's why we call ourselves Kayafa, Christ Ambassadors, because God has done great things in us, right? But the but God didn't stop there. Kayafa never stopped when you pray the prayer, right? They actually began their real work after you prayed that prayer. When when the salvation of your soul came, that that is the beautiful starting point of this wonderful, blessed life with God. It's it's like Wedding day is not the peak of your love with this one that you, you fall in love. It's actually the starting point for this marriage life began. And, and to me, the beauty of walking with God is actually to do things together with him. And if this is the God of all nations, if this is the God for all people, and, and he's inviting us to join his mission this is, this is a wonderful news for us. It, it's not just our soul being saved, but we actually get to walk with God. This is amazing to me. As I was preparing for this message, I was, um, I was talking to one of our students on our campus and, and, and shared with him about this line of my thoughts about missions. And I simply asked him, what do you think about missions? What's your understanding of Christian missions? And this is what he said that he said the idea of Christian mission is great. We should, uh, we should do something about uh, either showing the acts of kindness or uh, to sharing the message of Jesus with those that don't uh, have the access to it. Um, but this is what he says. Although it's great, the idea is great, he doesn't think that the mission is for him. And I ask why? And he answered this way, because mission should be done by someone else, not me, but some other mature Christians or, or some super Christians, he said. And this is how he ended with this statement. He said, dude, I'm just a college student. 
That's all I want to say. I'm just a college student. That was the reason that he thinks that the mission is not for him. But the history testified the other way, that the history testified this group of just a college students actually has greatly impacted the Christian mission movement. Many modern Christian revival and spiritual awakening were ignited through college students who are on fire for God. A former president of the United Nations said, if you want to change the world, go change the university. I remember myself sensing this calling to do Kayafo as my vocation when I was in college, the senior year. And many scholars believe that the disciples of Jesus were most likely a college-age people of today because Jesus began his ministry when he was 30, so most likely his disciples were under the age of 30, and, and some even believe that some were teenage. So the disciples of Jesus were about your age when they began to follow Jesus. And they were the one actually turned the world at that time upside down. So Kayaf exists. We exist because we believe that our God will pour out his spirit one more time upon today's college student like you to bring out the greatest spiritual awakening the world have ever seen. We believe that. Andrew believes that, Alicia believes that, Kim believes that, I believe that, my entire Kayafu team believe that, that the God's going to use this generation of college students to bring the greatest spiritual awakening. And, 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 and our campus, UT Arlington, has, has this slogan of university. It says that, that, that we are called to change the world, and that starts right here on campus. The university get this idea that if we can change the world, we've got to change the college students. And that doesn't come from the UT system. I believe that comes from the heart of God, that the God wants to bring the revival and awakening among college students so that the world will see the greatest spiritual awakening that we ever seen. Have you ever lost something so valuable to you? say it's your wallet or cell phone or key or pets or something like this that is so valuable to me, but you have lost it. You remember that feeling, that the sense of feeling that just don't know what to do with it. My wife lost her engagement ring one month after I proposed to her and she said yes. One month, right? We haven't had that wedding yet. Um, and she was freaking out because, you know, of course, it was valuable to her. But I was also freaking out because I knew exactly how much that costed. But my wife lost her engagement ring when, when she and I were uh, spending time with college students in Kayafa on the July 4th. So we were throwing out beach party and, and the Kayafa students were together and, and we were hanging out with them. And my wife played baseball growing up, so she likes to play catch. So she grabbed her baseball gloves and, and stopped playing catch with one of the students. And, and after, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes, she finished and, and she took the gloves off of her hands. And I'm sure the ring got caught in that uh, gloves and, and fell on the ground. Now, it's in July 4th, so it's still kind of bright, you know, around 7 o'clock. But when she found out, we began the search, right? She basically realized that her ring was not where it was. 
So that she, she, she began to, to search the ring on the ground. And I found out and I joined that search. So the, here on the July 4th party, two Japanese Kayafa staff were looking for the ring that is so valuable to us. And then one by one, slowly, the students there realized that we are on the ground and searching something. Now it's a July 4th, everybody having fun and eating good food and everybody just having fun. And But when they see what we were doing on the ground, they stopped what they were doing. And one by one, they began our search together and, and we start looking for this little piece of diamond on the ground. Now it's around 7.15 and 7.30, we still couldn't find it and, and, and be, you know, it started becoming dark. And, and we, we, don't, we didn't want to give up, but, so we, we kept going, but right before it completely gets dark, one of the students screamed and shouted and said, we found it, we found it. So that this, this diamond engagement ring came back to where it belonged and me and my wife, uh, we, we rejoiced together, we laughed together, we, we had a good time actually searching this. Now the point of this story is that it, it would be devastating if we couldn't find the ring. But even if we could find it, it, it would be more devastating to us if none of the students there are willing to stop what they were doing and join this search because they saw that we are suffering and they, they saw that we are in the search, something that is so, so dear to us. How could we call them as our friends if they are aware of our suffering but not offer any help and continue to do what they were doing? In John 15 verse 14, Jesus said this way, you are my friends if you do whatever I command you. Now, all of us are aware that our God is not receiving worship from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language yet. So he's still on this mission of searching what is missing all over the world. And Jesus commanded this, his disciple to go make disciples to all nations. This is called the Great Commission. It's not great suggestion. So did, Jesus didn't say that go make a disciple of all nations except for you, Peter, because you're a fisherman. He didn't say, except for you, John, since you now need to take care of Mary. Jesus didn't exclude Matthew either, even though he was a tax collector. He may be better at collecting money than talking to people. Jesus included everyone in this command. So I believe Jesus didn't mean to say, go make a disciple of all nations, except for you, just a college student. I believe with all my heart that you, college students, are very much included in this great commission. So would you do it? Would you join this God's mission of reconciling the entire world to himself from where you are in your classroom and in your dorm, at your workplace, and on your campus. It actually, that's where the mission of God begins. That where your feet are is your mission field. You don't have to cross um, the border and go overseas to do the mission of God. It actually, you can begin 
your mission from where you are. And my wife and I, as you hear our interview, we are the fruit of, of this mission in the stateside. Unless, unless the people from Kayafa came to the nation at the doorstep, like us from Japan, um, leaving Japan, coming to the United States, um, because of that, we are able to meet God. Um, not that the people came to Japan. Uh, some people do and some people need to do. But the truth is the God of all nations actually bring in many nations in this nation of the United States. And I believe that's a, that's a blessing that, that God has been pouring out upon this nation. Um, when you look around in, on your campus or even in your community, in the Fort Worth and DFW, you can see, you can hear the different language. You can hear English with accent. You can, you can see all different, different races and um, skin colors. And, and that's the beauty of God of all nations at your doorstep. And you have access to the nation without leaving your community, without leaving your campus, without learning the second language for you, without raising these tons of money to go overseas. But instead, God is bringing the nation at your doorstep. Would you begin this God's mission from where you are? Instead of going overseas, thinking about praying about going overseas, but you can actually begin today from your campus. After this message, I encourage you to get together with your small group of friends in Kayafa and discuss few things like what comes to your mind when you hear the word missions. Like I asked one of my friends, one of my students on campus, do you have any idea about the mission of God? But after this message, after you, you seek in this God of all nations, is there any change in your idea about the mission of God and how has that been changed? The second thing is, what would be your next practical step to begin taking a part in God's mission. As a college student, in Kayafa, we have this mission motto. You may have heard it. It says that every student goes, every student prays, every student gives, and every student welcomes. We, Kayafa, envision that every student will have opportunity to have this cross-cultural mission opportunity while you are in college. You can either go on a mission trip overseas, but with this COVID, it is it is difficult for us to, to go overseas, but doesn't mean that the mission of God stops, right? COVID doesn't stop the mission of God. We can actually pray to the nation. Uh, we have this movement from Luke chapter 10, verse 2. We read this chapter, uh, the text, it says that pray for the labors into the harvest field. Every time that, that, that your clock hits 10 o'clock in the morning or at, at night at 2 2 minute, you can pray with this prayer with Luke 10 to verse 10 and pray for the heart, pray for the labors into harvest. And I pray that, uh, that you will pray also that you yourself become the answer of the prayer. And you can also give to missions. I know the college students uh, may not be able to give a lot, but it's not about the money, the amount of money, but it's about the depths of your heart. Uh, how much can you give and how in a committed way and in a devoted way to the mission of God? And at, at, at the end, every student welcomes, meaning like our testimony, that you can welcome the nation on our doorstep and you can actually actually go to the nation by 
welcoming the nations at our doorstep. What would be your practical step to take part in God's mission? I pray that you, you don't say that I'm a just college student, so I'm not called to missions. You actually called to missions because you're wonderfully created and, and you, God has a purpose with your life while you are in college. And I believe in it. I believe that God will use in an incredible way. So God bless you. Thank you for your time. And I look forward to meeting you in person in the future. But I, I'm sending out prayer to you. Um, let's, let's reach this DFW area for Jesus. God bless. Thank you for listening today. We'd love to connect with you beyond this podcast. If you want more information about TCU Chi Alpha, visit tcuxa.com. God bless and go Frogs.